Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Evangelist C.C. Wagner, and I am blessed like you. And the reason why I say that is because Psalms 34 verse 8 says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. So I'm so glad you've joined me today so we can unpack the Word of God and see just how blessed we are. The Word of God is rich and mighty. Let's get busy. Welcome to Blessed Like You. It's my privilege to to give words of encouragement to those who are seeking a word from the Lord. Because we are blessed and that the solution to all our stresses is prayer. So today I want to continue along that vein, speaking of prayer, and I want you to know that Jesus looked up. So our theme today is look up. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Gracious God, here we are, loving your love more and more and more each day. God, our endeavor is to serve you in the beauty of holiness and follow your leading according to the word of God. For you said we ought to always pray. So as we come looking at your word, we're praying for the word to come alive in our hearts and minds so that we can look up to you, realizing that all of our help comes from you, Lord. Forgive us, use us to your glory, saving, healing, forgiving, delivering, and most of all, giving grace and mercy on all. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray. Amen. Again, it's Evangelist Wagner with you, and welcome to Blessed Like You, where we get the opportunity to unpack the Word of God because it is so rich and it provides nourishment for our souls. Today's focus is look up. And boy, do we need to look up in times like these. Our focus scripture comes from the 17th chapter of John. We're looking at the example that Jesus set for us because Jesus was a praying man. And we find out that when he prayed to God, Definitely, he got an answer. And we are encouraged because we know that he has told us whatsoever we pray for, we too will get an answer. So let's look at the first verse in the 17th chapter of John because it's so good for us to follow along to make sure that we see for ourselves and interpret the word of God according to the Spirit's leading. Amen. The first verse, the first verse is so good because we see Jesus. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes unto heaven. So what did Jesus do? 
he lifted up his eyes unto heaven. So he looked up to heaven where God is, to God, right? These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes unto heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Now, we know that Jesus was still here on earth at this time, and he was getting ready to go to Calvary. Calvary was not a surprise. He was aware that he was going to be with the Father. But here he starts out showing us where our focus should be because he lifted up his eyes unto heaven. And he asked God to glorify thy son, that, that thy son may also glorify thee. What can we learn from that already? We should know our focus should be on God. We should look to him, not the president, not the political leaders, not our brothers and sisters. No one can deliver us or heal us from what we're going through but God. So Jesus left an example for us. He prayed and how did he pray? With his focus, with his eyes on the Lord. So if we get nothing else from the study this evening on look up, I hope that we get that we should follow the model that Jesus set in John chapter 17, verse 1, where he starts out speaking to the Lord with his eyes lifted up realizing that father that's god his father hallelujah our father thank you jesus and he says father the hour has come glorify thy son that th thy son may also glorify thee so jesus christ the son of god is getting ready to go to be with god and he's asking god to glorify him well, I pray, God, that his glory abides with us as well. So he continues to have a conversation with God throughout. And once he does that, gets God's attention, that is, he then moves to praying for the disciples. In the sixth verse, guess what he says? He pretty much lets God know that he has done the work that God sent him to do. So he says to God in verse six, I have manifested thy name unto the men in which thou hast given me out of the world. So the disciples weren't always disciples of Jesus Christ. They were at one time where? In the world. Who else was in the world? We have to admit, I was. And you were too, okay? But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, thank you, Lord. Wow. We come out of the world. He says, and they were, and thou gavest to me. So they were in the world as we were, but God, hallelujah, gave them, uh-huh, to Jesus out of the world. Praise God that he called us out of the world. Thank you, Jesus. 
we didn't have sense enough to call ourselves or to come out, but God called us out. He drew us out of the world, and I'm so thankful for that. Yes, and he says, what does he say about them? And they have kept thy word. Can Jesus say that about us? Have we kept his word? Are we endeavoring to be obedient to the will and the way of God? I pray so. As we continue, it's a beautiful thing because Jesus is praying for the disciples and he realizes this about them in the seventh verse. Now, they have known that all things whatsoever, uh-huh, all things whatsoever thou hast given me, huh, okay, they have known it. He says, and Jesus in the eighth verse says, because, you know, I have given them all things whatsoever thou hast given me. I've told them, in other words, the words that thou hast given me. I've told them. I've taught them. Have you been taught the word of God? Are you seeking his face? Remember, he says, if we seek his face, which can be found in his word, and humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, he'll forgive us and hear from heaven. So are we seeking his face? Well, if you're listening to this today, you're seeking his face. Hallelujah. And just as the disciples did, they heard his word. And they received it. And they have known that he came out from God. And they have known it. They believed that he was the son of God. Thank you, Jesus. So in the ninth verse, oh boy, this is awesome here. Because this, we see the ninth verse that Jesus says um, that I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. Did you know that Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father praying for the believers, the saints of God who know him and believe him? Not the saints of God who call themselves saints, but they really ain't. He's because he describes them. He says, that the saints, the disciples, they have taken the word that he has given them and what have they done with it? They have received it and they have known surely that he came out from them and they believe that God sent him. Aha. Uh -huh. So it's not enough just to know Jesus is Lord or, you know, you heard about Jesus is Lord. We have to believe it. Hallelujah, that separates us from the world and we have to receive it. That actually separates us from uh, Satan because Satan knows Jesus is the son of God. He believes he is the son of God because he got kicked out of heaven by the son of God. However, he does not receive the word of God. So as believers, God, let's make sure that Jesus can pray for us be, and talk to God on our behalf because he knows that we have taken the word of God, hallelujah, uh, and, you know, Jesus lets us know that he comes in the volume of a book. So we have taken Jesus' words that God sent 
and we received him and we have known that he came out from God. Once we're in that position, then we get the benefits of verse 9 because Jesus prays for them, but he prays not for the world, but for them which thou hast given him. So God calls us out. And when we accept the calling, when we open our hearts to God, thank you, Jesus. And when we believe that Jesus is the son of God, hallelujah. And when we receive his word unto us, we get the benefits of Jesus praying for us. And when Jesus prayed for us, the question is, what do you think he prayed? Because Jesus is the son of God. He knows what we have need of. So I'm curious as to what Jesus prayed for when he looked up to God. And I think it's really interesting that he did not pray for those who did not believe. So let's, if we know someone who's not saved, let's um, and try to encourage them to uh, know who God is because the world is in desperate need of a savior and they don't even know it. But continuing, he says, for they are mine. Believers and receivers are mine. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And in the 10th verse, I like how Jesus confirms it because he says, uh, he continues to say, 10th verse is so beautiful and all mine are thine and thine are mine and I am glorified in them thank you Jesus and so let's look it's a confirmation it's a beautiful confirmation that we have because God gets the privilege to let a call us his all thine are mine. That's us. All believers. We belong to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And because that, he says, thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. What is he asking the Holy Father to do for them? Keep them. Amen. We want the Lord to keep us. Hallelujah. We can't keep ourselves. As a matter of fact, we can't even see the enemy. The enemy is invisible, but God knows everything and he knows where the enemy is. So it's a wonderful thing to know who God is and to have the benefit. So the 10th verse confirms that all of us belong to God. And God belongs to us. Thank you, Lord. And when we know that, he also says that Jesus says, I am glorified in them. So when we sing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, well, I'm going to let it shine. I got to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh, we sing that. That means that the glory of God should be evident in our life. 
Now, some people call themselves stars and they're letting their own light shine. But when we let the light of Jesus shine, then we can sing the second verse. Jesus gave it to me and I'm going to let it shine. Jesus gave it to me and I'm going to let it shine. My Jesus gave it to me yeah, and I'm going to let it shine. I got to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Yes, thank you, Lord. Glorify me, God. And so in the 11th verse, Jesus says, now, I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. So he says, and so now I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thy own name those that thou have given me. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to pray that I be kept. I want you to pray that we be kept. Kept from what? All hurt and danger. We want to be kept in his arms. Thank you, Jesus. Because Jesus, at this time, he was getting ready to get out of here. And so he was praying for cover for the disciples. Thank you, Jesus. And don't you know, Jesus says, I am the Lord and I change not. He's still praying for followers. That's what disciples are of Christ. And so he's praying, keep through thine own name those that thou have given me that they may be one as we are. So as believers in Christ Jesus, we should be one. That means unified. That means together, not divided. But we should be one, one in spirit, one in the spirit of love, because God is love, one in uh, the spirit of power, because the Holy Spirit is power. And so God, is being uh, encouraged by Jesus to cover, keep, protect us. Hallelujah. Because we are followers of Christ. So in the 12th verse, he says, while I was in the world, I kept them. He says he protected them while he was here. He didn't, he didn't lose anyone other than the one who was supposed to be lost, right? While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I kept, and none of them is lost but son of perdition. And we know who that was, Judas. Judas was the one to betray Jesus, and he did just that. So, but moving on, it was because that the scripture might be fulfilled. So it was a part of God's plan because Jesus had to come and die for our sins. That's why Judas had to betray him so that Jesus could go to Calvary and shed his blood. Lord, thank you, Jesus. And so when we go to the 13th verse, he says, now come out of thee. He's still praying for the disciples, y'all. And we are disciples. Thank you, Jesus. And, and these things I seek in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I love that because Jesus doesn't just want us to be kept, covered, protected, but he wants us to be filled with the joy of the Lord. 
Wow. I love that. So believers don't have to walk around looking straight, solemn, uh, heads hung down, you know, serious all the time. But we should let the light of Christ, remember, Jesus gave it to me, overflow in our lives so that we can experience the joy of the Lord. Wow. And uh, that reminds me that uh, joy, joy, God's great joy, 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 down in my soul, sweet, beautiful, soul-saving joy, oh, joy, joy in my soul, yeah. We feel the joy of the Lord every morning when we wake up and we get a brand new mercy from the Lord because we know it's not the alarm clock that wakes us up, but it's the hand of our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And every day is a blessing and James encourages us when we don't feel the blessing, when we're going through tough times. Do what? Count it all joy. Hallelujah. So it's wonderful that he is encouraging the Lord to fill us with joy and to keep us. And then he tells God, I have given them what thy word. And the word is hated them because they're not of the world, uh, even if I am not of the world. And you know what? Oh boy, thy word is what truth hallelujah hard to come by today he's given us his word and we can count on it but the world has hated us because we're not of the world just like they hated you the 15th verse he said i pray not that thou should take them out of the world but that thou should keep them from the evil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love that because in the model prayer that we all know, give us this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. There it is. So in the model prayer, Jesus is praying and showing us to pray to God to for deliverance from evil. And then here in the seventh 18th chapter, there Jesus is again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In the 15th verse, he is praying that God keep us from evil. Don't take us out of the world, but keep us in the world full of joy. Hallelujah. And protected from the evil one. That's why we can read Psalms 91 with a smile because 
he, he assures us in Psalms 91 that a thousand may fall on one side and 10,000 on the other side, but it will not come near us so we can hold on to the word of God and know that God is our protector and he will keep us through this time that we're living. So as we continue to the 16th verse, Jesus describes them. They are not of the world, even as I am not on the world of the world. And then the 17th verse, he says, sanctify them. Sanctify them. Look at that. Powerful. Sanctify them. I want you to know that's the key word there. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So how are we sanctified, which means set apart, which is where the word saints came from. So how are we sanctified? Through the word of God, the word of God, truth, it's right. Jesus says, remember, he is the word. He comes in the volume of the book. So Jesus is the word. So he says, sanctified through thy word. Thy word is truth. So when we think about what can wipe away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we can't be sinless unless we accept the finished work of Christ. And when we do, we receive the word of God. And the word of God sanctifies us, washes us, cleans us up, sets us apart from the word. So we have to believe and know that God's word is true. Thank you, Jesus. In the 18th verse, he says, As thou hast sent me in the world, even so have I also sent them in the world. And we know that the Great Commission was given. Um, once Jesus died on Calvary, that they were go to go into the world, teaching and baptizing in the name of Jesus. And we too have that same calling to go and tell of the goodness of God, to testify that God has saved us. He has raised us. He has delivered us. He has made us. Hallelujah. So preachers are not the only ones who have a call to witness for God. We all do. Because anytime something good happens to us, we got to tell somebody. And Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to us. So in continuing, verse 19 is beautiful because we're back to talking about being sanctified. So he says that he sent him uh, into the world and he sent them into the world, but for their sakes, he says, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified through the truth. So what sanctifies us? The truth. And what is the truth? The word of God. It's just that simple. It's not hard unless we want to make it hard. And he says, I, I like 20 because just in case Somebody looks at this and says, oh, this is just Jesus 
praying for himself and then he prays for the disciples. We're not in this. No, the 20th verse clearly lets us know that Jesus was forward thinking. He was thinking about that day and he was thinking about the future because in the 20th verse, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also. Aha, listen at that. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also that shall believe on me through their work. So guess what? As the word is taught over and over and over again, it's our job to believe and receive. That's our job. Believe the word of God and receive it. So then the 21st verse, that they all may be one. There's that same one, that unity, that together, that same condition that as believers, we should be unified. We should to be together. We should be one. Oh God, this sounds like it's doable with God's help. We can be one. We don't have to be divided. So in the 21st verse says, he gives an example. As thou art in me and I in thee. Gives an example um, to let us know this is the standard that we should be. We should all be one. How? Like thou art in me and I in thee. That we also may be one in, in him. He says us, which is God and Jesus, that the world uh -huh. For an example to the world may believe. Lord, help us be one and not divided. That in the 22nd verse. Yes. And what does he do? He says, and the glory that thou hast given me, I have given them. Thank you, Jesus. At the beginning talked about the glory of God, that light that shines, that enables others to see Christ in us. Here, he lets us know that he gives us his glory, that we may be one, even as they are one. Beautiful. And once we get the glory of God, says that we may perfect one. Hallelujah. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me, talking about Jesus, and that thou, uh, see, because all of this is not for our name's sake, but it's for the sake of the Lord. And so he says, thou hast sent me. God was here on a mission. And so what he's letting us know in the 23rd verse, he's going to make us perfect and one. Okay bound together in unity. Hallelujah. Because the glory of the Lord is going to abound in us so that the world will know that thou hast sent Jesus. Huh? That the world is going to know that the believers uh, have uh, definitely are one with Christ. So he prayed that believers, that would be me and you, are kept he prayed that believers, that would be me, and you, 
are full of joy, he prayed that believers, that would be me and you, are united in oneness. And then finally, he prayed that as believers, in the 24th verse, he says, I will that they also, that you have given me, be with me where I am. He's praying that we get to go and live with him eternally in heaven. That's salvation. Hallelujah. Which we have not earned because we couldn't. It's so precious. The grace of God and our faith, hallelujah, has afforded us the privilege of going to be with Jesus one day when we leave here. And Jesus praying for that. Hallelujah for the saints of God. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, I will. This is Jesus. That we get to be with him where he is. And we know he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That we may behold his glory that God has given him, which God had given him before the foundation of the world because he was with God in the beginning. We know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for praying for us, knowing, Father God, that we can't do anything unless you bless us. So, God, as you continue to pray, A, for us to be kept, B, for us to be full of joy, yes, hallelujah, for us to be one for your glory, sanctify and keep us as we go to glory, heaven, to be with you. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of looking up to you. And we ask, God, that you just give us, Father God, the will, the power, the mind, Father God, to continue to trust, lean, and depend on you. What a beautiful word. And we thank you for your word. We realize the Psalms tells us that I will look unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. We realize that uh, Jesus, before he raised Lazarus in the 11th chapter of John, he looked up to heaven in the 41st uh, verse in the 11th chapter. He looked up to God. And even when he prayed over the few loaves of bread and fish, he looked up to you. And so we want to follow the model that Jesus said. We want to look up to you. And we want to keep our focus, our eyes on you. And we want to pray, God. We are praying, God, that you keep us. We're praying that, yes, that you protect us from evil. Yes, we are praying that our joy be full, praying that your glory abide in us, and we're praying, God, that we be one in you until we get to go home and be made perfect with you. Thank you for this word, dear God, and thank you for your example, Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your prayer, Jesus. We thank you for your power, Holy Spirit, that will allow us to live and walk 
and trust by faith. Looking up, Father God, keeping our focus on you. Believing, trusting, and depending. We do ask, Father, that you keep us from the evil one. Father, we pray that the virus be eliminated, that you heal our land in Jesus' name. And God, as we wait, Father God, let us, Father, be filled with joy continuously, realizing, God, that you are in control. We do pray for the leadership all over our country and the world. We pray, God, for the fellowship in our churches, in our homes. We pray for the sick, pray for those who are going through loss, and dear Master, we are praying, thanking you, God, not for the problem, but thanking you for being the problem solver. We love you, God. In the matchless name of Jesus, God, we pray by faith. Amen. So as we thank God for this lesson from John 17 chapter, looking at the example that Jesus set for us, if you're not a believer or you're not sure that you're a believer, but you want Jesus to pray for you, repeat after me. Dear God, I'm sorry. I have sinned. And now, God, I repent of my sin. I believe that you are God. I believe that your son Jesus died for me. And God, I invite you into my heart. Have your way with me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you get the benefit of Jesus praying for you. And tell somebody about your acceptance to Christ, and that will be a confession of your faith. I'd like to thank Pastor R.J. Terrell, the pastor of the New Zion Missionary Baptist Church, located at 7814 Hull Avenue in Dallas. And I'd like to thank the New Zion Church for looking, listening to my podcast. And Praise the Lord, everybody. Here we are in the second part of my podcast, and we're adding a different twist today. Normally, I would have someone that I could interview that would encourage our hearts and inspire us um, to move forward in Christ. However, today, the survey that I want to conduct is all about you and your relationship with the Lord. Yes, I didn't want to have someone on and survey them, asking them these questions about their relationship, their satisfaction with God. However, wherever you are, you can take this survey with me and determine just how satisfied you are with the Lord. So, if you would indulge me uh, by, you know, focusing on the five little questions that I'm going to ask, I hope 
that this experience will give you a greater focus on our God. So before we begin, we'll just pray real quickly. Lord, help. Lord, have your way. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we go with the God survey that I believe he inspired me to create over a year ago, not knowing that I'd have opportunity to share this survey with you. Now that we live in the age of customer satisfaction and accountability, I thought it would be appropriate to create a survey to rate the level of our God, love, mercy, forgiveness, faithfulness, loyalness, and provision toward us. And actually, I didn't say us. I said toward his own creation. That's us. Because Genesis 1, 1 tells us very clearly, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. So he created us. So with that understanding in mind, let's look at question number one. On a scale of one to five, how would you rate the frequency of love God shows you every day? Number one, never Number two, seldom. Number three, often. Number four, always. And number five, are you neutral or unsure? If you're neutral and you're unsure, I recommend that you read John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So the word of God lets us know over and over again that God loves us. But you get to rate God as to how his love shows up in your life. Do you see his love? One, never. Two, seldom. Three, often. Four, always. Or five, neutral, which means you're unsure. You haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior yet. do want you to know that there's other parts uh, of the Bible that assure us of God's love because if we look in Lamentations, Old Testament chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, it tells us that if we confess our sins one to another, that God is definitely going to forgive us and that we get to experience his brand new mercies every day. So the Bible is full of information that will affirm God's love for us. 
Question number two. On a scale of one to five, how would you rate the number of faithfully answered prayers? Number one, none. Number two, a few. Number three, some. Number four, most. Number five, all. Hallelujah. So, the Bible, again, is our reference point, and it tells us in James 5, 16, that the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. So, when we draw near to God and we serve Him in the beauty of holiness, loving Him as well as our neighbors, we get to um, get a prayer through and get a prayer answered. I did read in the book of John, I believe the ninth chapter and the 31st verse, where it says that God does not hear or answer a sinner's prayer. So, if we want our prayers answered, we have to draw near to God because the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous is what avails much. However, if we are a sinner and we haven't accepted Christ yet, He will hear your prayer if you confess your sins and invite Him in to your heart. Number three. Question three. On a scale of one to four, how satisfied are you with how much grace and mercy you receive from the Lord? One, very satisfied. Two, somewhat satisfied. Three, somewhat unsatisfied. Oh dear. And four, unsatisfied. And we're talking about the grace and mercy that he shares with you. Of course, you could be neutral, which means, you know, you don't have a position or you don't have enough information. However, let me encourage you to read Psalms 23, verse 6. Because David knew that uh, surely God's goodness and mercy should follow him. in Christ, we have the privilege of getting God's grace and mercy in our lives too. Going to our next question, question four, on a scale of one to five, how blessed are you of the Lord to have your needs met daily? Hmm. Are you one very blessed, two, somewhat blessed, three, 
seldom blessed. Four, never blessed. Or, of course, five, neutral, not enough information to speak on that. Wow. Matthew, the sixth chapter, the 33rd verse, gives us a hint as to how God will bless us. Um, And it simply says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So whatever you need, however many blessings you need for God to provide, your job is to seek him first. And now that we're in a period of time to where all the Christian churches are quoting um, from 2 Chronicles 7.14, that also lets us know that Jesus said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, mm-hmm, seek his face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, he said he'll forgive us and he'll hear from heaven and heal our land. So again, the question of how satisfied you are uh-huh, or how blessed you are with the Lord taking care of your needs sounds like we have a role to do. But don't let me tell you, you rate God in your life. And again, if you chose not enough information to speak on that, which is neutral, this would be a great time to give your life to Christ because we all need a blessing. And then finally, on a scale of one to five, how important was it for Jesus to come down from heaven and live shed his blood, die, and rise for your sin. How important was that? Was it hmm, one, worthless, two, hmm, minor, three, hmm, it was important, four, Was it invaluable? Or are you neutral or unsure that that makes a difference in your life? The fact that Jesus came, lived, gave his life, hung, bled, and died for each one of us. Well, I'm going back to the Bible, of course, our point of reference. If you read Hebrews the ninth chapter, the 22nd verse, you get um, confirmation that without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. So had Jesus not come, we would not have opportunity to accept him as our Lord and Savior and then benefit for, um, for our, our opportunity to pray, to live, and to 
uh, be able to go to heaven and dwell with him eternally. So, at the end of my survey, I started off at the top saying it was a God survey because we were um, questioning how satisfied or how you would rate God and how God has shown you his love, his grace, his mercy, his power through answered prayer um, and how important it was for him to send his son. But you know what? The Spirit led me to close this with saint survey because actually this survey is looking um, at you and your relationship with the Lord. So allow this survey to reflect your relationship with Christ. And when you do that, thank God for it because certainly it was his idea and not mine. And it certainly helped me understand in this age of um, accountability and customer satisfaction, it allowed me to realize how good God is and that my role is to confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, and to receive the goodness of God as I walk in faith, trusting and believing that his word is true and the best is yet to come. So thank you so much for taking the survey with me. And we pray that when you hear this, that you will share the podcast with someone that you know that might need to take the time to hear the word as I teach the Bible and hear the conversations as I share and work to inspire you. God bless you and we thank you. Remember that Blessed Like You is a podcast that can be found on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket, Apple, Breaker, and other platforms. Also, the Blessed Like You YouTube channel is also available. Pray for me and I'll definitely be praying for you.